You're listening to Men of Abundance, episode 191 with Rob Decker. Rob is laying down one hell of a message for you guys today, so listen up. Welcome to Men of Abundance, the podcast for those looking to level up their lives by hanging out with some of the greatest leaders and established professionals in our community, living a life of integrity, honor, and the abundance mentality. Prepare to pay it forward with your host, former army medic turned lifestyle entrepreneur, Wally Carmichael. What's up, what's up, all of you amazing, abundant leaders out there. I am Wally Carmichael, your founder and host of the Men of Abundance podcast, the Pay It Forward community, and we have yet another amazing guest on the line today. And man, I'm telling you what, these stories, these messages, they just keep getting better and better, deeper and deeper, much more personal. And I just know you guys are getting so much out of it. Uh, I'm loving the comments. I appreciate all of the comments that I'm getting, all of the reviews that are coming in. I read every single one of them. And man, I'm telling you what, it touches my heart. It makes me feel amazing that I have a little part in bringing these messages to you and sharing all of these amazing conversations and, and experiences with all of you because it really is making a difference in the way some of you are thinking, some of the actions that you're taking throughout the day. And this is really, we just need so much more of this in the world. And I greatly appreciate every single one of you for sharing Men of Abundance with others in your life. Because had you not done that, they may have never had the opportunity to hear these conversations. And Who knows where it might have taken them? I don't know. You know, there's always divine intervention. I'm a big believer in that. And there's a big message in that in this conversation between Rob and I today. But maybe some way or another, they would have stumbled upon Men of Abundance or something like Men of Abundance or even one of the many guests that we've had on Men of Abundance. Chances are they would have because that's just the way life works, I, I believe. That's my personal belief. But you know what? You had a small part in introducing somebody to something amazing that really was able to make a little bit of a change in their life and maybe give them the message and give them the lift up that they needed at that moment in time because you yourself got the same information and got the same feelings from these conversations. So seriously, pat yourself on the back, tell yourself thank you, and thank you for me. And give yourself a big old man hug, or if you're a woman, still a big old man hug uh, from me. Uh, And I truly, truly thank you for sharing this Men of Abundance with others. Now, our featured guest today is Rob Decker, and his primary objective is to share his story of failed suicide attempt that led to his relationship with God. Now, Rob suffered many years of sadness, anger, and confusion, and fed that with drugs, alcohol, and bad relationships to eventually turn it into a story of forgiveness, understanding, and love. Rob desires to inspire courage and give hope to those who have had similar battles. And guys, I know many of you out there have had similar battles, and some of you, quite frankly, are going through similar battles right now. So sit back, listen to this conversation, and I know you're going to get so much out of it. Men of Abundance, it is my pleasure to introduce you to Rob Decker. Rob, welcome to Men of Abundance, man. How you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you, Wally, for having me on your show. 
Oh, man, it is my pleasure. Where are you at in the world? Um, I'm in Southern California. So if you've ever heard like Manhattan Beach or Redondo Beach, I live in a, a, a little inland from, from those places. Um, so Southern California, where the beaches are. You know a thing or two about beaches, don't you? Just a, just a little bit, and I have been to <laughs> California as well. Right on. Well, mostly San Diego, and my grandmother was in a – Many, many years ago, lived in uh, Sacramento, so I remember going down there and then visiting uh, San Francisco a little bit, but I think that's pretty much it. Yeah, you know, I actually, uh, we don't live, well, we live a couple hours from San Diego. I lived in Sacramento for a little while, and, you know, I grew up in San Jose, which is, you know, 40 minutes away from San Francisco, so we've been hitting some similar uh, territories. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very much, and I love San Diego, man. It's a really cool place to hang out. Oh. La Jolla, ooh, Oceanside, mm. oof. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's why you're in Hawaii. It's a little taste of Hawaii down there. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I can't beat the beaches out here, though, man. It's it's oh. just unbelievable, especially over on the leeward side. It's, or on the windward side, actually. Beautiful, beautiful beaches. So, man, before we get too much into our conversation here and completely get off track like we were talking about earlier <laughs> pre-show, as we both do, right. um, I like All to start right. out with an attitude of gratitude, brother. What do you have to be grateful for today? Man, I am just so grateful for the ability to get up and roll over and look at my beautiful wife and pick up my amazing son and to be able to go to go run and soak up some of that Southern California air. And I'm just grateful to be alive, man. I'm just grateful for all the blessings and the love that, you know, God continues to pour in my life. Beautiful. And another thing that I'm grateful for before I forget, I want to give some love <laughs> to Evan Money, man. That right catch them on the mutual friend that connected us, and he's connected me with so many other amazing guys to have conversations with, and a few women, for that matter. Yes. I think that we've spoken to some of the same people, and Evan is the one that kind of catapulted it all for me. So thank you, Evan Money. Appreciate you, man. Love you, bro. Absolutely. Echo that for sure, brother. So let me ask you this question. This is one that kind of stumps some people, but I don't think it's going to stump mm -hmm. you. I think you got it together, man. <laughs> How would you describe yourself? Um, you know, I would describe myself as a someone that, uh, first of all, has a heart for the Lord. You know, first and foremost, that's that's what it is. Um, you know, I'm a I'm a family man. You know, I have a wonderful wife, and I'm a father, and um, personal trainer. I'm a hard worker, um, very dedicated to the things that I apply myself to. Now, I think pre-show we were talking a little bit about how you and I get distracted a little bit, and. You know, when I'm focused, I'm focused, but, uh, you know, I could get distracted once in a while. But, uh, you know, all in all, I use all that to to push out um, the message and the ministry of, of the Lord's goodness in my life. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And, yeah, we're going to, you know, I read through some of your stuff that, you know, your your trials and tribulations and hard times. And we're going to talk about how you come back from that and what you're doing yeah. with all of that as well. So. Um, let's get a little bit more into. Uh, let's get a little bit more personal. Get a little bit more into your story and find out, you know, where you're coming from. Yeah, for sure. So, um, you know, like always, I always have to start from the beginning. And the beginning for me is before, you know, I was even born. Um, a lot of it starts with my mom. So my biological father doesn't really have a role in my life. Uh, so it's just really my mom. My mom came from a really broken family, and she was abused heavily and. She was exiled from her family, and she was a runaway, and she was raped, and, you know, she had all this chaos in, in her life, and um, she got pregnant with me, and, you know, people around her were telling her not to have me, 
um, doctors were first, first of all, the doctor was saying she could never get pregnant for whatever reason. And, and, uh, but then when she did, uh, she was asked to get rid of me. People suggested that she get rid of me. And, and I think that early on with my mom and, you know, what we were up against, uh, myself in the womb, it's, you know, it kind of started that way and, and it took off from there. So, you know, I'm almost 40 years old. I was born in 1978 in San Jose, California. And, um, my mom was raising me by herself for like the first six months or so. And she met my, my dad to be my stepfather. And, uh, they met while she was out in Santa Cruz and strolling. And, you know, uh, from the way my dad tells it, he says, you know, I saw you and I looked at you and I, I fell in love with you. And, you know, if I looked anything like my son looks like, and I do, <laughs> or I did, um, I totally get it, man. Like I get why you fell in love, man. <laughs> Cause my son is absolutely adorable. And, uh, so him and my mom start talking and then, you know, they have a relationship and she, he gets her pregnant and, you know, comes along my little sister. Now with that, his parents were like, well, you got her pregnant. You have to marry her. That's just what you have to do. And so that happened. And, you know, I think that my mom and my dad were two different people from two different places with two different understandings of life. And there was never any true mutual agreement on how you're going to raise kids or how this should be done or how that, that should be done. And, you know, and as time goes on, um, you know, there's alcohol in the the equation and there's drugs in the equation and, you know, the insecurities, the fighting, arguing, like, you know, there's just a whole lot going on in the house growing up. And I remember a lot of these episodes of, you know, my young birthday parties and my parents just going at it. And, you know, those things make impact on kids, will make an impact on kids. And I just remember, I constantly remember these things. And I remember, you know, early on in my life in kindergarten, when I came home and there was a certificate that had my father's last name on it. And that day I was told that, well, that's not my real father and that's not my real last name. And I will be given uh, my mom's maiden name. And uh, to this day, I'm really cool with that. And I'm okay with that. And, and uh, I just remember as time went on, things got crazier and crazier. And I remember I would get in trouble a lot and where my sister wouldn't get in so much trouble. And so there was a lot of favoritism in the house. And um, as high school got here, I really started getting to drinking. And then the drinking led to marijuana. The marijuana led to popping acid and eating mushrooms and eventually led into Coke in my 20s. It's just like it just kind of toppled on top top of each other uh when i was in high school i got into a lot of trouble ended up in juvenile hall a couple few times i ended up there um just a real reckless kid you know just trying to find my way i had some really cool people that cared about me a lot um they actually tried to bring me into their home and try to adopt me and my parents weren't going to let that happen so that was something that was kind of taken away from me uh, those people are still my family to this day and i'm very grateful for them um, as the 20s came, I was working, drinking more, doing more drugs, you know, meeting a lot of people and uh, in and out of relationships. And, you know, I, I think two years was the longest I was able to hold on to a job. I think what would happen is I'd learn how to party and, and hang out and have my way throughout these jobs. And at some point, the job just was over it. Right. They're just like, we're done with you. And, you know, and I was just reckless and careless. And then, you know, as I creeped into in my late 20s, you know, I was actually seeing a young lady and um, I was selling steroids at the time. And and I went to go cash a check at a bank and I met this young lady. And uh, I mean, it's just wrong. <laughs> it was wrong because I was seeing someone. I was driving this young lady's car and 
and I met this new young lady and I got her phone number and we started talking and, um, you know, we started dating and we did that for a few months and then we had a major falling out. And, um, when we had that falling out, I met these young guys, um, one through a, a job that I previously had. And he was always trying to preach to me and always talk to me about God and Jesus. And like, even though I kind of had an understanding of him, like I wasn't trying to hear it. I didn't want to hear it. Cause I think what I knew is that if I really had to go down that path, there was a lot of stuff I couldn't do anymore. I wasn't going to be able to drink and do drugs and do whatever I want. It's just like, I'm cool. God's in my life. We're good. You know, that works for you. I'm cool right here where I'm at. And when my, this young lady and I had the falling out, you know, my buddy comes up to me. He's like, yo, man, would you like to come to a, a men's Bible study? Um, and I said, sure, why not? Because at this point, like, I'm not working, I'm not doing anything, I'm drinking, uh, you know, I'm doing drugs, you know, I'm, I'm just clueless, you know, I'm just out there doing whatever. And uh, so I go to this Bible study, and, you know, we walk into this big room with, like, 10 guys, and they start praying over me, and all of a sudden, like, I start shaking, and I start sweating, and the, the room was air-conditioned. Um, and I, I couldn't really explain it at the time. I just, I didn't know cause I wasn't overwhelmed with anything. I, yeah, I didn't know what was going on. And, uh, so we walk away from that situation and, and I felt pretty renewed. I felt like I was in a good place and, you know, I continued to go to church for a while and, um, this young lady kind of made her way back into my life. Now, when we had broken up, I guess she had gone off and got herself into some stuff where, you know, she was making money for services, right? Like she became an escort. Um, I mean, you could find her on Craigslist when that was a thing. And uh, my buddy told me about it and I tried to walk back into her life and it was even worse than before. Like uh, our, our, our conversations with each other and just, you know, and, and at this point I kind of had God in my life and, you know, I was trying to tell her like, well, that's not what God wants for your life and da 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 da. And, you know, I was kind of trying to be a hero and uh, she, crazy, she actually went to Hawaii. So what happened was is she started dropping off all these clients, and she had this one final client, and she went to Hawaii. And while she was in Hawaii, she text messages me, shows me some pictures of black and blue eyes, and she's talking to me on the phone, and she's talking about how she's so sorry for anything that happened to us before the initial breakup and how things were going to be better if we got back together and all this kind of stuff. And I really cared about her, and I was like, okay, we'll give it another shot. Um, while she was over there, she had, she had been raped, you know, she, she had led me into some conversation about how she had been raped. And, and, uh, so when she came to, to get me from my buddy's house, we, when she touched down from Hawaii, she, uh, picked me up. We go to the liquor store, pick up some alcohol, go over to her house and we start getting into some conversation. Well, that conversation eventually leads into the other things and the other things that I just couldn't do. I, I couldn't do based on you know, the things that she had been experiencing, plus the feelings that I had and the stuff that I'd been experiencing. And, you know, and it, it, it turned into kind of an ugly thing where I had to go, go to bed. I was like, you know, I'm gonna lay down, I'm gonna go downstairs, I'm gonna rest. And we'll get back to this later. Well, I woke up to banging on the door. And it was the police. And the police knocked, they, they were banging loudly. And they're just, you know, Robert Decker, we know you're in there, open up, da da da. And she comes down the stairs. And I'm like, hey, what's going on? You know, probably not that calm at all, but um, what's going on? And she looks at me and she says, well, I called the cops and I told the cops that you raped me mm. and that you tried to kill me. And I just looked at her 
And I, and I was so like, huh? Like, this is, you know, this is beyond me. Like, I mean, I could never imagine myself in this position. Crazy thing is, just like a month prior, I'm sitting down with one of my close buddies at his house. And he goes, hey, man. Um, it was like prophecy. He was like, hey, man, you know, I'd be careful with her because she's the type of girl that will accuse you of rape, man. And I'm like, ah, not me. Like, that ain't going to happen. I don't see, you know, because it's not something I would do. Like, why would anyone accuse me of it, right? And and in that moment, I'm like, ah, you know, and and uh, I was so broken and disappointed. And plus the way that my life was going at the time, I had nothing going for me, man. And, you know, I, I told her it was over, done, I'm finished. I can't live life like this anymore and I'm not going to. And and I turned around and read, ran headfirst through a closed window, broke through that window. My only thought was, this is over. I'm done. I'm dead. I don't care. And uh, as I was flying out the window, I remember hitting the window. I don't remember flying through there. I don't remember coming down and my foot hitting an awning because that's what happened. And I end up on the concrete. And uh, I remember opening up my eyes and I'm looking up at a broken window and I can hardly breathe. And I have this immense pain through, like running through my body it was horrendous pain. And um, I just remember looking up that window and asking God, why? Like, why would you let me live? I don't, I don't, I, I didn't get it. You know, I didn't understand it. And um, I ended up breaking my back. I severed, I severed a vertebrae in my lower back. Um, however, I didn't, you know, separate the, the cord. I don't know how that didn't happen. Well, I mean, God's grace, but, um, but I shattered my left arm. I mean, it was mangled. I mean, I had rods and bars and screws and all sorts of stuff in it just to get it to go straight again. And then I had a, a brace on my, uh, on my right hand or cast. And then, um, I had collapsed my left lung. I couldn't oh. breathe. I was, yeah, I collapsed when I hit the concrete. I, I, it turns out I fell on one side of my body and my body tried to save itself. And, um, but that's what I remember. And I remember the cop showing up and, and the ambulance showing up and, and they took me in for a ride and I headed out to the hospital. And I just remember I couldn't, it was so painful. I couldn't breathe and I was groaning. And, uh, then they put me under and came an eight hour surgery. And when I woke up, I had an external fixator a cast on that right wrist that I'd broken. Um, I had a back brace. I had tubes coming out of my neck. And uh, and then, at, you know, I'm just waking up from this whole, like, nightmare. And here come the police department. Like, Mr. Decker, you're under arrest for rape and murder. Um, they slap the cuffs on me. Like, I can't move. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm in a crazy place as it is. Throw the cuffs on me, man. And, uh, arrested me and put a cop to stay with me 24 hours a day until I got better enough to go to court and get charged with these things or sentenced for these things. And, uh, you know, it was, uh, quite a, a crazy experience. Um, you know, I was laying there and the cops, the cop was just grilling me and grilling me and grilling me and grilling. And he was just being so hard on me. And uh, I remember breaking down crying and nurse had to come in and quiet me down. And, and all of a sudden, this young lady comes in with like a new look, right? She was trying to be indiscreet, but I knew who she was. And I think the police officer recognized who possibly she could be. And he goes, do I think, 
that is, is that who I think it is? And I said, yeah. It's like, well, for someone who went through all this stuff as he's reading all this, he's like, this, this right here just doesn't make sense. And he just kind of had a change of heart. And within a couple days, a couple few days, maybe a week, um, detectives came in and, and they took the shackles off me and said, you're no longer with us. You're, you're free to go. We wish the best for you. Heal. And so, um, they dropped the charges. Now, a couple of days prior to that, while I was in my bed, all these noises, all the lights, all the people, the nurses, the doctors, the police, like there was just so much going on on top of being heavily medicated. It's just like, it was just a, it, it just not a, a place that anyone wants to be. Um, I was laying there and I was talking to God in my head and all of a sudden, as I'm talking to him, and I'm asking him why, like, I want why's. I want him to answer some stuff. And I get this overwhelming, like, gust of peace that just comes over my body from head to toe. And, uh, and uh, the pain is gone. Everything's dark. And I hear these words. I hear peaceful. And I hear these words, like, you will walk again. The charges will be dropped and the bills will, will be paid. And I doze off into this like vision or dream of playing soccer. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because after that, you know, I wake up, everything's back to normal or whatever normal was in that moment. And, and uh, a few days later, the whole, that whole situation comes down and, and the charges are being dropped. And I'm like, whoa, you know, like <laughs> that, that is absolutely crazy. Now, I don't know if you've ever been on medication before, especially the amount of medication I was on, but there's n- no clarity that you're ever going to get. There's no root reasoning there's no like there's no peace in any of that stuff it's a uh, numbing and and i was still in immense amounts of pain but you know after hearing this voice it's like wow they came in they dropped the charges now i still wasn't in a place where i could walk yet and i remember once the charges were dropped i was allowed to have guests and my mom shows up now my mom and i weren't on best of terms when all this stuff went down she was we were actually on really bad terms but you know she comes in the room and I see she was just talking to the neurosurgeon and she breaks down crying. And I know, I already know what the neurosurgeon told her. Like, this guy's never going to walk again. And she comes up to me and I'm like, what's up, mom? And I already know, right? And she's just like, well, you know, they told me that you're never going to walk again. You know, and I'm like, huh. you know, and, and, and after the whole like police releasing me after hearing that voice, it was like, well, I am, you know, that's cool. I am. And, um, and the nurses came in and they said, Mr. Decker, we want you to try to stand up. And I knew at this time, this moment, it, it wasn't going down. It wasn't going to happen. I couldn't, I couldn't like move side to side in my bed without a nurse's assistance. Um, but I didn't know this. I knew that my early time spent in the hospital and, you know, my salvation prior to jumping out the window, like I knew that God had a purpose and, uh, for my life. And, and I just recall bringing up the passion of Christ in my mind. And I remember just the part where Jesus was carrying a cross and he was beaten and broken. They were spitting on him and, you know, it, the just obscenities were being thrown at him. And it was just like a total disgusting situation. But that's what he was doing for me. Like, I understood that. I grasped that concept. And, you know, and Isaiah 53 came to mind for me. And, and I understood this. I understood that, you know, whatever they depicted on the big screen looked a lot better than what happened in real life because mm-hmm. in scripture in scripture 
you couldn't recognize him, right? Like, I know Jim Caviezel. I know his face, and that was Jim Caviezel. No matter how bad you tried to make him look, that was still Jimmy, right? Mm-hmm. And and uh, I just took all that, and I said, you know what? For the sake of the Lord and my mom, I'm going to try to stand up. And I did, and it was it was nasty, man. It was so na- it was so painful. It was like jumping out of a window all over again. And the nurses had to come over and they had to inject all this pain medication in me and set me down. And you know they they're just like, yeah, yeah, he's not walking. And uh, <laughs> right. And but I I wasn't I wasn't stressed. I wasn't worried. Um, a couple days later, they performed another eight hour surgery on me, and I get out and they pull me out of bed and. Like, Mr. Decker, we're going to try to get you to walk today. And, and I was able to drag my left foot. Like, I couldn't lift it off the ground, but I was able to drag it. And I just knew, okay, we're good. Because dragging is going to turn into walking. Walking is going to turn into running. Running is going to turn into jumping. Like, I just knew that. I knew that was going to happen because of what had been previously um, spoken into me and taken care of. And it was funny because the nurse actually had to slow me down. Like, I was like, I was sprinting with my right leg while dragging my left foot, which caused me to kind of do a circle. It's kind of like the one-armed swimmer. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, 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 and I, uh, you know, and I'm like over here running into the wall, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like a troubled puppy, you know, and, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, but I felt good. I was like, you know, and they're trying to get me to slow down, but, you know, all said and done, it took a few years for me to get back to a place where I could walk with normality and I was able to start going to the gym and I, I could start working out and in this process you know I was still praying I was going to church I was you know I was doing these things to try to build my spirit and and um but I was still troubled I was still troubled with a lot of the things that happened and I was still drinking drinking was one of those things that was just like I just had this like stronghold this you know and and some of it had to do with not wanting to feel pain like I, I mean I was eating or taking like six different medications and they were powerful medications. Um, and, um, so I was taking alcohol on top of it, but you know, I kept like, man, I need to get rid of this stuff. I need to get rid of this stuff. And over time, you know, the pills became less and less and less. And as I was going to the gym, you know, when I went into the, the hospital, I was 215 pounds, big, solid. Like I looked like a linebacker in the NFL. I was a really muscular guy. Uh, within three weeks, I mean, I looked like, uh, Christian Bale and the fighter, you know, I was all, you know, I was all sucked up and, and skinny and frail and fragile. And, um, and I had lost all this muscle mass, you know, and, and, uh, I, I got back into the gym and I started lifting and, and over time, like, you know, things started to develop again. I started to get bigger. I started to get stronger. I was lifting these weights and all of a sudden I start filling out again. And I'm in disbelief myself because, you know, I understood it was going to be good, but I just didn't, understand how good it was going to be and over time like you know i start getting off all these medications and and i prayed about it all the time like i'd pray like lord take this away from me and then i eat the pill right i'd have alcohol in my hand lord take this away from me and i drink like knowing what i was doing was wrong but i also knew that i just didn't have the power on my own to do so uh but that all that all eventually was taken away and I remember one day I was going to the gym and I was listening to the radio or I listened to my, my music and all of a sudden I hear this voice in the middle of all this other music. And it was like worldly music that I was listening to. I hadn't converted over to anything else. And um, I hear like, in the midst of the chaos, I will always be there for you. 
strange. I was like, wow, thank you. You know, um, but you're going to go out into the world and you're going to go make a difference and you're going to heal people. That's what you're going to do. And, you know, that stuff I'm, I'm not even like considering this stuff, right? It's not something I'm thinking of. And, um, you know, with that, I held, I held tight to that stuff because as things started getting better, I was like, well, you know, it's time to become a personal trainer again. I was a trainer before I broke my back. I'm going to be a trainer again. And I'm going to use my story to, to encourage and motivate and inspire people. You know, uh, people are afraid to get into the gym with, with sickness or illness or depression or hurt. And like, I had all that stuff, you know, depressed for years, uh, concealed it. And, um, I was like, you know, this is my way of giving back. You know, I wanted to give back. And over time, you know, I became a personal trainer again and, and, uh, I met my future wife at the gym. She was a sales rep and, you know, I was a trainer and we linked up and she was actually supposed to kind of assess me to see what type of trainer I was. And obviously I'm a pretty good trainer because I walked away with her. <laughs> now I have a, <laughs> now I have a pretty beautiful son out of it too. So, you know, but you know, that was just, that was God hooking that up to put me in that. And I, cause I wasn't at that facility very long anyway. I eventually, moved on to something much greater than that but um yeah i've been ever since you know i've been really trying to use my story and my relationships with people to kind of to build them up you know and and i'm not necessarily always preaching 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 like you know um but what i'm doing is i'm sharing his love with other people and hoping that they receive that that love and to make an impact and a difference in their lives as well and so, you know, within the recent, I would say the last uh, few months, almost almost a year now, nah, yeah, almost a year now, yes. So, um, someone recommended to me uh, a sister in Christ. She recommended to me that, like, hey, why don't you uh, call CBN or reach CBN and be like tell them your story and tell them where you're at today, and you know, see if they'll show your testimony on tv and i was like hey that's a that's a great idea because i didn't know where to start with all this stuff i had no idea where to start and mm -hmm. she recommended that so that's what i did and they came out and they <clears throat> they videoed my they interviewed me and they videoed some of my workouts and then they put out a, a a great testament really well done like they made me look way cool i'm like not even remotely that cool <laughs> <laughs> i was like this is like espn 30 for 30 type stuff like <laughs> it was pretty cool stuff but um, yeah. And then, you know, some, some woman at the gym was like, Hey, I'm a writer for a magazine, a local magazine. I'd like to use your story to share with the community. And, and then that happened. And, you know, and then all of a sudden I, I met Evan, um, which was a huge blessing because he was the one that kind of started guiding me toward the Nicole's and the, the Chris's and, and, um, it's how ultimately how you and I met. And, um, you know, it was just like, these are the people that you need to be connecting with so you can share your story. And, you know, and that's, that's where I am today. Like I'm, I'm sharing my story with the hopes that it just continues to get out there and, 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 you know, touches people and gets people to think, even if someone's a non-Christian and just like, you know what, this is the power of my belief system and, and, and what God's done in my life. And, you know, you can look at the struggles and the trials and the tribulations and where I should have been and where I'm at today. And, and and I want to share that with people, and and so that's where we're at today. We're doing that. Yeah, man, that's that's just a super powerful message on so many levels. I mean, <laughs> one, of course, the word of God and being spoken to, and your you had friends who intervened, or you know, at the time, really kind of acquaintances, guys that you just kind of hung out with and knew, and 
and you know brought you in and intervened and had a, a you know basically praying over you uh yes. goodness and just so so many messages there i just want guys to just go back and listen to that and contemplate everything that was said and you know thanks for sharing that and it is it is you know your your story is so it's so grassroots and right. i mean what i mean by that is it's so it's it's not common exactly like yours was but there are so many people out there i'm just thinking about my childhood growing up and i had a very rough childhood growing up a lot of the activities that you mentioned that you were doing i was doing uh, as a teenager and into my young adult life and that's part of the reason why i decided to get away from all that when i joined the military and, and took off from that environment but um, other guys didn't, you know, other guys stayed in right. that environment and some made it through. Um, some are doing very well. As I mentioned pre th- pre-show at the time of this conversation, I have a friend of mine who's here on Island who has completely, uh, turned his life around and others quite frankly are, are sitting in jail somewhere. Um, and, and others didn't make it. And as you said, as we were again talking pre-show, you know, sometimes that's where people really find themselves and find Jesus and and find the Lord and and are able to turn their life around. But man, thanks for sharing that. And I just I just sat here just listening and really reflecting on all of the pain and everything that you went through. And it's just an amazing intervention. It's divine intervention for sure. Thank you so much. And, you know, it's interesting um, with that story that you were kind of sharing about your friend. You know, I got a quick one about my my um, my best friend, my best man's uh, his uncle, his uncle and I were born on the same day, May 20th. Right. We're both born on the same day. Well, he was a little bit older, maybe four years older, three years older than me. But on the night that I jumped out the window, he was. um on a motorcycle, and I guess he had a warrant out for his arrest. Um, so there was police involved. There was intoxication involved. Like my situation, there was police involved and intoxication involved. And um, he went to run from the police, and he tried to r- jump off a bridge and to, to flee. And he <laughs> turns out he broke the exact vertebrae that I broke, exact one. He could have broke anything in his body. But he breaks the exact vertebrae around the same time that I broke my back. We are both taken to the hospital around the same time, um, same hospital, and we had the exact same doctor. And what's really trippy about the whole situation is I went one way. I said, you know what, I'm going to give it to God. And I think early on he tried to. I think he did because I actually saw him at the same church as myself. And we would talk about how freaky – you know, that circumstance was like, but, you know, there was something much greater going on, you know, I, I believe, and I haven't talked to him to this day, but from my um, understanding for the next few years, you know, he really fell off and he really went the other way and he continued to get in trouble and he stayed um, doing drugs and stuff like that. And, and I just see the, the parallel in the two situations as freaky as it is and how one was just like screaming for the Lord and really, you know, really reaching out for him. Well, the other one, maybe not so much. Mm -hmm. Uh, Once again, I don't know where he is today, but just to know that someone that you knew that had your same birthday went through the exact same situation at the exact same time. I mean, it was it was like a was that Freaky Friday type stuff. Like it was a movie. This is what I'm going to say. Eventually, at some point, I need to write a book because I think one hour of Wally and Rob being on the phone isn't going to even scratch the surface about all the the. 
great stuff that God's done in my life. It's like the book of Acts, right? You know, in the book of Acts, it's like, at the end, they're just like, you know what? There's just way, way too many miracles going on, right? Way too many. We're not going to list them all. Just know that it happened, right? And and I kind of want to do the same thing. Like, I want to be able to eventually put my story out there for people to read. And not just this major traumatic event, but there were so many different things. And, you know, uh, but my experiences allowed me to relate to other people. And I want to use those relatable, relatable incidents to, like, Hey, you know, things can be different. Like it's, it's a change of heart, you know, it's a change of direction. Um, but know that things can get better because, you know, there's a lot of hopelessness out there, man. There's a lot of lost people, a lot of broken people and they're, you know, they're suffocating themselves with entertainment or drugs and alcohol, social media, whatever it is, whatever they find their addictions to be like, that's what they're filling themselves up with. And, um, but there's something so much greater out there than all that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And it's really kind of ironic. It's very ironic, actually, that we're having this conversation because I literally just had this conversation with the guy I met uh, last night and or no, it was two nights ago. And we were talking about how, you know, we grew up a certain way. But then it's kind of I, I, I've seen some people that are kind of hypocritical in the sense that they see somebody doing something that, you know, they know they shouldn't be doing and they start mm-hmm. ridiculing them, you know, right. to ourselves, probably not even to that individual. And I'm like, no, stop. I know your right. background, dude. I know you did the <laughs> same crap growing up. That uh, was you. That guy right there was yeah. you, only you were worse. And now here you right. are talking. Let's bring the guy in. Let's have a conversation with him. Let's right. don't, don't just push him away. And I've seen people actually do this to their own kids. Right. And, and I'm like, no, you, you were that person. You treated your parents that way. Right. Um, so they're doing the same thing. You just got to you know, bring them in and you're, you know, you're the parent, bring them in, you know, you know where they're at. So, yeah. So, hey, brother, go ahead. Oh, go. Oh, you know, I just want to say like, you know, and there's moments where I kind of forget where I come from and I always have to be drawn back. Like, Hey, you've been through this yourself and you have to be, you have to be empathetic. Yeah. And you have to be empathetic and and compassionate. And and sometimes I can be a little hard with people because it's just like, I know what it took for me. And I think it's more of a place of caring. Like I knew what it took for me and I know how dark and a deep hole I had to go into to come out of it. And, you know, so I can seem kind of like harsh sometimes with certain people because you just don't want them to take that road. But you also know it's that road that made you who you are. But just mm-hmm. because you care, like you don't want them to take that road. And and so I know I, I can fall in that trap once in a while and I have to be reminded like, yo, man, you learn the hard way, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, and you had some supportive people around you. So, but I get it. You know, there are people that just complete, they don't want to connect to their past or remember what they did or, you know, and, and how they came out of it. And, and, um, to me, that's more of a God thing though. You know, mm-hmm. when you're, when you're connecting with your past, you're also connecting with God and seeing his grace and seeing his help throughout the whole process. So, you know, sometimes it's just that disconnect right there and they have to ground themselves and like kind of give it to him again. And, you know, like, okay, you know, what would he do for me? Right. And how would he respond to the situation? Because, He's patient, right? He's mm-hmm. he's understanding, and and you know he's he it takes a lot for him to get angry. So, you know, we we have to reflect that. Like we're made in his image, so we have to do our best to reflect that. Well, you know, he remains our source because we're not going to do it within our own self, right? Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. Very good point. So, man, we are at the point where we're going to use some of your experiences and your past experiences and pay it forward to our abundant leaders. You ready to do that? Oh, absolutely. All right, so share with our abundant leaders one to three actionable steps that you feel they can take today. Forgive. Forgive, forgive, 
forgive. Um, one of my first steps in healing anything uh, for my physical, emotional, spiritual self was I had to forgive. I had to forgive this young lady for what she um, had thrown up against me. Uh, I had to forgive my parents for the way that they raised me or the way I viewed that they raised me, and, and I wasn't okay with that. Um, you know, forgiveness is not only self-medicating and self, self-helping, I don't know if it's medication, but um, but forgiveness will open up some new doors. Uh, forgiveness will allow you to be a leader. Um, it will show people like, man, if he went through all that and he was still able to forgive, like, phew, I should be able to forgive. And it, it, and it brings back some relationships. Others, it's just like, hey, you know, we're good. <laughs> you know, uh, just know we're good. Um, doesn't mean we have to hang out, but we're good. Uh, and um, forgiveness would be um, one of those things. Being compassionate um, with whatever it is that you're trying to do, you know, you're doing it for a reason. And when your heart's in it, it's not very hard work. Um, make sure that you're doing these things for the right reasons. Uh, don't don't do it because uh, the monetization that's going to come out of it, right? Um, it's easy to get caught up in that trap. I know that early on when I was sharing my story, I'm like, well, you know what? One day, as powerful as this story is, like this could bring me great finances. And then you start going down that road and start thinking about all those things, and then, you know, then your, you know, your decisions start to get off track. Um, so keep the compassion and keep the right um, moral compass when it comes to all of those things. And you know, love. You know, love. You just have to love. And, and I think that where our culture has really fallen from love is, one, there's a disconnect from our father. But, um, you know, it's not self-serving. And I fall short sometimes as a man. You know, I, I, you know, I have a wife and a son. And, you know, there's compromise and negotiation and a relationship. And, you know, sometimes I just get selfish. And, and that's not love. That's being selfish. And, and so you have to... Be unselfish in your love, not expect anything to, in return. And I know that out there in this world, it's like, what can I get? What can I get? What can I get? What can I? I'll, I will be good to you only if you can do good things for me. And so with that, you know, those would be three free items um, that are given to you <laughs> that, that you can apply to anything in your life. Excellent. I absolutely love that. So you already mentioned health and fitness and you work out pretty much every day. What other daily habits make the biggest impact in your life? Um, well, you know, eating well, you know, um, you know, you have to not only spiritually feed yourself. So when I wake up in the morning, you know, first thing I do is I go read, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm reading and, and I'm getting the word in my, in my heart and, and then from my, I have like a 15 minute ride to work. Um, and I use that time to talk to God. Um, so those are how, that's like how I start my day. Um, and then there's the, the, the nutrition part of it, you know, where we're eating whole foods and we're eating healthy and not to say we won't eat a pizookie from BJ's cause don't get me wrong. I'll eat a pizookie or two <laughs> in one sitting <laughs> BJ's after a pizza and a burger. But you know, for the most part, what I'm doing is I'm filling my body with nutritious stuff, you know, because food is medicine. Let's be real. Like it's, it's medicine. Um, you know, a lot of this medication that, that you can get off of can be done through eating really well. You'd be surprised what eating well can do for the body. Um, this is the industry that I'm in. This is the industry that I love. And I know the power of food. Um, and, 
and so I eat well. I exercise daily, you know, um, and I play softball competitively. And, you know, where I work is very hilly. So I go up there and run the hills and we have like these crazy stairs in a neighborhood by by my work. And I mean, I'm 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 pushing, I'm grinding and, you know, I'm learning um, new stuff in my industry. And so you're trying to stay sharp and, you know, so between prayer and food and nutrition and, and, you know, the health and the exercise, it's like I'm trying to keep everything pretty simple as, as possible, you know, and, you know, you just come home and you love on your family and you spend time with your family. Spending time with your family is huge. I mean, I grew up in a household where my dad worked a lot. And so he didn't get to come to my baseball games. And, you know, there was food, there was shelter, there was clothes, and grateful for that. Um, but I didn't get to, he didn't get to spend a lot of time with me. You know, we didn't get to develop that. He didn't, he didn't understand my passion for the sport that I loved. Um, so, you know, I try to spend a lot of time with my, my new son. Um, even though he may not remember a lot of it, I, I know what I'm pouring into him. Um, so there are sacrifices outside of the home that need to be made for me to be in the home. But it's all about sacrifice, right? All of it. You know, nutrition, you're sacrificing some bad food for some good food. Um, exercise, you know, you're, you're sacrificing, you know, being lazy or sitting playing video games or watching Netflix, like to go out there and move and get fresh air and do those things, you know. Um, even with re- reading the word, word, I'm like sacrificing, you know, my selfishness and, and, and you know, filling my mind with YouTube and Facebook and Instagram, like to sit down. And, and spend some time with God. So, you know, there will always be sacrifice in all these things. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Wonderful. So speaking of reading, and I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. I know the answer to this one, but uh, at least one of them, what, what would you recommend that our abundant leaders read or listen to and why? Well, I mean, for me, first and foremost, it's always going to be the word. You know, I mean, I don't think it gets any more powerful than the word. There's every answer that you can possibly think of in the word. There's nothing hidden in there. There may be mysteries in there um, for you to figure out or for the Holy Spirit to kind of show you in his time, uh, whatever it may be. But there's so much sound nutrition, spiritual nutrition in the word. And and so for me, it's probably the only book I read. Um, You know, my all my other fitness education, all that stuff, it's easy to get online and all that kind of stuff. And and so, you know, definitely, I mean. There's no other piece of literature or book or yeah, anything it. that I'd recommend over that. What do you feel holds most people back from living a life of true abundance? Fear. Yeah, it Absolute seems to be fear. the number one fear. answer. Fear, fear. <laughs> fear. I mean, fear. Fear of how great you could become. Uh, a fear of uh, the skeptics. A fear of a lack of your own ability. Um, a fear from previous experiences. I mean... The way that I, I, I approach fear, like, you know, I had to go speak in front of a bunch of people to share my story. It was a, a, a pastor invited me to his church. And, you know, for me to stand, I was always a class clown, okay? And, and I liked the attention, but that was my own realm. And I had people around me and, you know, but I wasn't standing on a stage. Um, and that was easy for me. But to go on, on a stage, that was required courage to go up there. And I, and, you know, I think a little bit of fear is okay. I think it's a natural attack sometimes from from uh, the enemy. Uh, but, you know, it's okay to have a little bit of fear. Even if you go up on stage or whatever it is and you completely bomb, the fact that you had enough courage to go up there and try it, like, you know, great success comes out of failures. Like, if you're not willing to fail, then 
how are you ever going to succeed at anything that you're trying to approach? Failure is okay. What is like uh, WD-40? Didn't they get the name because they failed 39 times before they came out with the right? Yeah, yeah, that's a good story, actually. Right. Right. You know, and, and so it's like, so they failed 39 times and the 40th time they nailed it. So um, that's funny. So Jesus got whipped 39 times um, before he got nailed. Mm, yeah. I don't, I just made that parallel crazy. Um, but yeah, you know, um, you have to be okay with failure as long as you're willing to get knocked up, knocked down and get, get up again. You know, that's, that's what you have to be willing to do. So use fear as a tool to encourage courage. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah, and the only cure for fear that I know of anyway is action. And then you yes. realize it's not as bad as you thought it was going to be. So right. you already kind of touched on it a little bit, but I want to bring it all in together right here. And that is, what does living a life of abundance mean to you, Rob? For me, it's, you know, uh, you know, giving what I have to a greater purpose. Um, you know, whether that's, well, for me, that includes, you know, giving my life to God and allowing him to guide that. Um you know, my relationship with my wife and, you know, making sure that she has everything that she needs and my relationship with my my son and uh, any relationships out there that needed to be mended that I go out there and mend. And, you know, I, I think just trying to reflect God in your daily life, you know, in this world, um, that's abundant, you know, uh, great things will come out of that stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. Wonderful. We're going to close this up, brother. And we talked about quite a bit. Uh, so um, I really love your story. And thanks for sharing everything. What did we not talk about that you want to ensure that our abundant leaders get out of our conversation today? Um, you know, I just say just keep powering through, you know, keep fighting the good fight. You know, um, you know, if you have if you had faith in something in the very beginning, you got to fight that good fight of faith and, and you just keep you keep going through and um, give it to, just give it to your creator, give it to God. Um, just know that if you have peace about a situation, no matter what's going on around you, uh, no matter what lies are being told to you, that those are distractions and you'll, you can discern the difference between what is supposed to be told to you in a loving way. That's only helping you go in the direction you're supposed to go versus something that's just tearing you down from, whatever it is that you're trying to do, whatever dream or passion that you're trying to accomplish. Um, that's something that I give to them. And, and also, you know, I just created a website. It's called robdeckerspeaks.com. Um, if anyone has any questions for me, they can go to that website. Uh, they'll, they'll have a bunch of videos and podcasts where people can listen to. Take your friends there. You have friends that are struggling. Uh, obviously, you know I'm a man of faith. Um, you can show someone else like, hey, this is what he's been through. Use that as tools for yourself to help other people. It's all about paying it forward there. Um, and then you can always email me at rob at robdeckerspeaks.com. Uh, you can actually, from the, the website, you have access to my Instagram and Facebook. So if you want to instant message me or go on my Instagram, whatever. I'm always sharing like my health, my nutrition, my fitness, my family, my faith. Like these are things that I share. I try to use social media as an uplifting avenue to to, to put a smile on people's hearts and um, to give them some hope. So it's all about giving people hope. 
Wow, yeah, that's awesome. That's wonderful. And uh, I'll be sharing all of those links, all of that stuff in the show notes at Men of Abundance. Just go there and check it out. If you didn't get a chance to write all of that down, I'll have it all listed out there. And um, I'll tell you, I've been following Rob on Facebook. We've been connected since Evan connected us, and he's truly inspiring. I don't get a chance to look at every single thing because I just have so many people coming at me every single day. But it's nice to come across your feeds and, and have that, especially when it's first thing in the morning. It's just a great way to start the day, man. I truly appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you. And, and while I just thank you for connecting, I, I knew the moment that we started talking, I was like, all right, um, me and this guy, we're uh, probably cut from the same cloth. <laughs> well, it, it, it's, it's a little one thing you don't know is we're both Tauruses. I was born uh, May 5th. Oh, so we're pretty close in our birthdays, too. Yeah. Nice. Got to love those May guys. <laughs> yeah, got it, got it, man. All right, brother. Right on, man. It's been a pleasure. Go out and live your life of abundance, man, and just keep paying it forward, brother. I will. Thank you. Well, once again, thank you for having me uh, having me on the show. And, and to the listeners, thank you. I, I just hope that this blesses your heart and, and changes something within, within you to make a, a difference. Awesome. Aloha. Aloha. All right, guys, your past does not have to define your future. Yes, your past is part of who you are today. There's no doubt about that. But you do not have to continue living a life of scarcity and jacked up situations like Rob just described and like I've described in my past. As long as you learn from your past to create a better life for you and your family, you can do so. Then take it to the next level by paying it forward like Rob and many others have and sharing your story with others, or at least reaching down and reaching behind you and grabbing other guys, men and women, to help them along into their, in, in, in their struggles and their journey. To me, there are few greater feelings than to help out another man or woman in a time of need, not by giving a handout, but by giving a hand up and helping somebody and guiding them along the way based off of your experiences, or at the very least, Introduce them to somebody who have similar background and similar situations that can help the individual that you're talking to if you know you can't help them. And it takes a big person to make that realization and to make that decision to say, look, I'm not the one that can assist you, but I can at the very least introduce you to somebody who can. Now, go out and live your life of abundance and make sure to pay it forward. That's all for today, Abundance Leaders. For more about our guests and the powerful information we shared with you today, be sure to sign up for our mailing list at menofabundance.com. We appreciate your time and look forward to hanging out with you on our next episode. So until then, be sure to pay it forward and live your life of abundance.